When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joe Williamson. Uh, got an interesting one for you today. Uh, my guest today is Shannon Newspangler, who is a pastor and chaplain at a hospital. Um, and as you can imagine, over the last two years, she has seen some shit. And uh, we talked to her about that and uh, just how she kind of keeps herself together. She's also a parent of two boys. And we talk about how she has talked about coronavirus with her kids. So, before we get into that, you know what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask that you please, wherever you're watching or listening to this, uh, hit subscribe. Give a give a thumbs up. Give a like. Give a five stars. And then share it with someone. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. It's, it's nothing to you. Takes you one second. I'm just begging now. So before I get off on a tangent here, let, uh, oh wait, you know what? There's one more thing I want to talk about. <laughs> the interview kind of splices at the end. I wrap it up, but then we come back because Shannon wanted to clarify something she had said. Uh, so stick around to the very end. I really appreciate it. Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Hello and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joe Williamson, and today I am with my guest, Shannon Newspangler, at Newspangler, who is a pastor and hospital chaplain. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. So uh, a little bit about you. I'm going to talk for you here. This is your bio. Uh, mother of two boys, seven and five. Just found out five. Um, and and when I when you and I were kind of starting to converse, I asked you what you were passionate about, and uh, you gave me this great, succinct answer. So I'm going to read it here. I'm passionate about grace in parenting. Let every, every single person know they are loved and vaccines. I work in a hospital, so I'm seeing all the crap up close. <laughs> and it starts off like really sweet, but then it's like, I'm also really tired of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, that's exactly right. Okay, so uh, look, uh, pastor and hospital chaplain, you, uh, you definitely bring a, a unique perspective to this. Um, what have the last two years been like for you? Um, <clears throat> so I came into chaplaincy in the height of the pandemic in 2020. Um, I've, I've been there a little over a year and a half. And so I came into the hospital when it was still relatively new. There was no vaccine and, um, it was just everywhere. And so, um, that's all I've known of chaplaincy before I was a chaplain, I was a senior pastor, and it's a very different kind of ministry. Um, and the hospital is, and has been for the last year and a half, constantly busy, half of the time we're on diversion, um, and just people constantly, like as soon as a room gets empty, another person's in there. And a lot of it is COVID, but, but COVID has also um, hindered everything else because normal people we would have in the hospital would kind of have to turn away because they're not as sick. So it's, it's been, 
intense and chaotic and really, really hard, really sad, tragic, really. And, and I apologize. I'm asking a dumb question. What is diversion? You've been on diversion, oh, you said. That's a good question. Sorry. When you're no. in the, you know, any career you're in, you have lingo. Lingo. Yeah, um, absolutely. So diversion means um, when a hospital goes on diversion, it means we can't take any new patients. So we have to divert them to other hospitals. Okay. And the problem is when you're in a pandemic, many hospitals are on diversion. <laughs> and so you're sort of in a situation you're, where you're like, sometimes the closest hospital with no diversion is in a different state. And so you're like, can we send a patient over to Illinois? Can we send a patient that far? And um, so it really just means the hospital's full. We can't take any more patients. The, the strain on, on healthcare workers um, is, uh, it's overwhelming to even listen to and hear that there's not enough hospital beds. Right. Um, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share one of your tweets here, which I'm going to say went viral. There's quite a few thousand likes and retweets. Um, and here it is here. This is from November 13th. Um, thinking back through the last six days, I've literally watched nine plus or nine COVID uh, death people take their last breaths, all unvaccinated. Families heartbroken and wondering why. Unvaccinated. I'm out of words for people who are unwilling to get a statistically tremendously safe vaccine. Um, obviously, you were at kind of a breaking point there. And I, there's a long email chain or a long uh, thread associated with that. Um, yeah. Was that was that your worst week? Um, I'm not sure that I would say it was my worst week. I'm not sure how I'd even... Um, quantify a worst That's fair. week, yeah. but I, I kind of go through, what I would say is I go through ups and downs. So I go through moments where I'm really like sad and down about it. And then I go through moments where I'm really angry about it. And that was a week that I was really angry about it because I just gotten home when I wrote that thread, I'd just gotten home from being on call and being present for, um, so one of the things chaplains do is, um, the, the hospital calls us to be present with the family, um, to be emotionally supportive or spiritually supportive if they're spiritual. Um, cause chaplains do a lot more than just, than last just rights. <laughs> yeah, we do. I think that's what people that. associate with it, right? It's like, they Oh, chaplain, we do. Um, so we get called into, we get called into all sorts of stuff, but we get called into a lot of the deaths. And so like, and if, may I be graphic about, of course, Okay, so what happens is we get called into these rooms where they have, there's been a patient who's been sick for a long time. Um, they've been intubated for several weeks. And it's basically at the point where they're like, this person cannot continue to live. And so the family has to decide, okay, we're going to extubate. So chaplains get called in to be present for the extubation. Mm -hmm. And so basically what happens is we're taking away that person's ability to breathe. And I, it sounds cruel, but like, it's basically like their life is already over yep. and um, and they're giving them a way to be comfortable. So when they do that, they give them medicines to for anxiety and medicines for pain so that they can basically die in comfort because that's the way it's going anyway. Mm -hmm. And so chaplains come into that and have to be present with the family while they're making, while they've made this terrible decision and then basically have to watch their loved one die 
And um, that week, I mean, we deal with this on a daily basis, but there are more there are more chaplains. So I'm not the only one dealing with it. But this particular week, um, I had I had been in nine situations like that within six days. And it's just it's painful. And like every family member or every family responds a little bit differently, but you've got the really sad people who are sobbing. You've got people who are like wailing and crying and angry and like throwing themselves on the person who has died. And watching that is heartbreaking and painful, but it's also like all of those people were unvaccinated. And so there's also a part of me that is just angry. Like this didn't have to happen. This person did not have to die this way. And not saying that nobody dies of COVID who's vaccinated. Obviously they do. But statistically, the numbers are so different. Mm-hmm. And I was just angry. And I, I like, if you look through my Twitter thread, I kind of go back and forth. And like every month or so, I post a really angry rant about COVID or non-vaccinated people. Because like, why? Why are they doing this? Yep. So, and, and- sorry, that was a long rant. But that's kind of where I was at. No, and it, it, it's there was a moment there when we were talking. Um, you you look like you're tearing up potentially because it's it clearly takes a lot out of you. Um, yeah, and, and I couldn't help but think back to um, like uh, thankfully I haven't had anyone close to me die during COVID. Um, but um, when we decided to take my father-in-law off of life support, I loved him very much, um, and so uh, it's it's okay. But we we were there for that moment. Yeah. Um, and and when we were coming to that conclusion um, that we we were going to take him off life support, I'll never forget the the words the doctor said to me, which is, "Are we are we prolonging a life or extending a death?" Mm. It was profound, yeah. and it helped us make the decision. It's time, um, and it's a it's it's something that stuck with me all all throughout the years, um, and it's that moment where you go. This is going to suck, but this is something we need to do. Um, and it's it's the right thing to do. At least we assume it's the right thing to do. None of us really know, but we assume it's the right thing to do. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've never heard it put that way, but I I love that. I'd yeah. probably steal that because it's really, it. that is exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah, no, and it's a, it's a gut-wrenching moment. Um, yeah. Are the, the people who are angry... Um, are they angry at the situation? Are they angry at the doctors? Are they anyone? Is it angry? Do you at... mean like families and stuff? Yeah. So uh... I'm not talking about Twitter. Twitter's full of crazy people. You can't count that. Oh, oh my gosh, so much, so much crazy and anger. Um, so the families we encounter that are angry, for the most part, and I'm not going to say across the board, but for mm-hmm. the most part, are angry at the staff for not doing enough and at, um, for instance, we have like limits on how many people can come and visit in the hospital um, right now. And they're angry that they can't bring in like eight, 10 people to see this person who has COVID. Meanwhile, most of them have COVID. So a lot (laughs) of the anger we're dealing with is families who, who are angry that they're being told no told no yes exactly um like the people who like because the families that we deal with most often that are angry and the families we have to get security involved in 
um, are families who are that situation, like where they're trying to bring in and in some cases sneak in because we've told them no, multiple family members to a room where there's active COVID and they just like, it's like they don't get it. But also they're like, they've not been vaccinated. They choose not to wear masks. And again, this is generalizations. I totally understand. Um, and then they come into the hospital and they're like, you're, you have to do more. And we're like, there's nothing more we can do. What could have been done is you could have gotten a vaccine, which is in that Twitter thread. Like they'll, they'll say, you have to do more. You have to give them more medicine. Well, there's no medicine at this point. You could have taken the medicine and you chose not to. And so like that, like, that's the anger we're dealing with is people who are mad at us for not doing more. And we're like, what more can we do? you could have done something and or they're mad because we won't let every tom dick and harry into the room and children under 18 are not allowed in so they'll try to like sneak in kids and we're like there's a reason like we're trying to protect people we're not trying to be mean we're We're trying trying to protect protect your other relatives from ending up here we're trying to end up so you're not back here in a week yes exactly (laughs) and and that's the thing like that's something that that i wish people knew like we Every day we have multiple family members in the hospital. Like it's not ever just like grandma. It's like grandma and grandpa are both in the hospital or like um, mom and dad are both in the hospital or son and dad. And like, that's painful because you're going back and forth between two rooms, recognizing that this family might lose two or more members in the same week. And that has happened. And it is heartbreaking. So I have this like, I sit in this space of being like simultaneously heartbroken and pained at the at the loss that these families are going through and just angry that they have not done what they should have done or could have done to protect themselves. And that's a constant tension for me. <laughs> it's really hard to live in, but that's where so, I'm at. Uh, let me, how do you then um, keep yourself collected you're obviously in a in a very you you're in an extremely unique position yeah um you are you're not a doctor you're not there to provide medical advice or support you're there for kind of emotional support hand on the shoulder if touching is allowed uh you know maybe say a prayer if that's necessary um and at the end of the day you have spent all of your energy on other people how do you go home? How does Shannon take care of herself and kind of reset herself? Yeah, that's a really important question. Um, I there are s- sometimes I'm not good at it. I just need to admit that sometimes Is it I whiskey? come home. Whiskey? I bet and... it's whiskey. <laughs> you know what? I can't, I can't drink whiskey. It makes me cough. It like tries okay. to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I like that. It's such a good question because like, how are the caretakers taking care of themselves? Yeah. Um, and sometimes I do an okay job of it. I have a counselor. Um, I have a group of um, seminary friends who, um, we all went to seminary, which is grad school for pastors, um, together. And we're all in ministry in different capacities. So I'll text them and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, like I'm so angry today. And they kind of help process. The other chaplains and I process together a lot. And then frequently, and I would say a couple times a week, I cry all the way home because I'm very, like, I'm a very emotional, like, that's just who I am. Like, I, when I'm angry, I cry. When I'm sad, I cry. 
it's who I am. And so I'll me cry. Too. All the way home. <laughs> oh I, yeah. I, I'm not even joking. Me too. It's super embarrassing. Yeah. It's one of the least no. manly things about me. No. I cry everything. But yes, I, so I'm the same way. It's it's how your body is processing all that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. But and then, you know, sometimes I can come home and like it's such a joy to come home and see my boys because okay. they're just bright and delightful and funny and they're at a really fun age, you know, lots of fart jokes and those kind of things. <laughs> um and then sometimes I come home and I'm not a very patient mom. And I I will admit that. Like that is the fact of working in healthcare. Like you try to balance it and sometimes you can and sometimes you can't. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So mom gets home. She's had a long day. Sometimes she's telling the kids, I, not today. Nope. Don't fight today. I will yeah. murder you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I will send you back to the hospital. I just left. Um, I, I get it. Uh, how have you talked to your kids about uh, a COVID? Because you and I were talking and I, I said, you know, in our house, I have a six and two and we've referred to it as the virus. We haven't yeah. called it COVID necessarily. I think we've come out a little bit, but we said people have the virus. We're afraid of the virus. And that's kind of the word we use. How are you talking yeah. about it with your kids? Yeah, we, um, I mean, they know what the word COVID means. And really my youngest one, that's been his entire life. Like all that yeah. he remembers. And I'm sure that's true for yours too. Yeah, um, two years old. We, he doesn't know what a mall is. Right, <laughs> like, right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we call it the sickness. Okay. Um, so kind of the same as you. Yeah. We call it the sickness most of the time. They do know the word COVID, but like we don't use that a lot. So um, when somebody we know has it, we'll say they have the sickness, so we can't go and be with them. Right. Or and they know that mommy deals with the sickness a lot at work, and so like I'll come home, and you know of course they want to like run and hug me, and I want to run and hug them, but I have to like strip down and take a shower first, mm-hmm. um, especially if I've been in COVID rooms all day. Um, and so we, we talk about it as a sickness. They understand it. They, um, and when now, um, my oldest one got vaccinated in the fall. My youngest one has his first vaccine cause he just turned five. Nice. Um, and so when we talked about that, um, they, no kids like shots, nobody likes shots. Right. Um, and so we said, except those weirdos with tattoos. Oh, I, I'm a weirdo with a tattoo. Weirdo. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. You were making a so, point. <laughs> I'm making a point. So we said, um, we said, you know, shots are, they'll hurt for a minute, but we do this because we want to protect you. We want to protect grandma and grandpa who are, you know, caregivers. They watch, watch them frequently because um, they live real close and we want to protect people. So one of the things in our household is we, we talk about our impact on other people, mm-hmm. which I think is one of the things during COVID that has that has kind of separated people is we don't always do things just for ourselves. We do things because it will help other people too. So we wear masks and we are, we're all vaccinated now. And um, so that's, that's how we talk to them about it. So then when it came to the time to get vaccinated, like 
my oldest son, when he got vaccinated, he was excited and he was like, I'm going to do my part. And, you know, and that's the difference is like, some people will be like, well, I'm not going to get my son vaccinated. They hate shots. Well, like, Lord, everybody hates shots. Yeah. Like it's, it matters how you talk to your children. My and so then six-year-old bent a needle because they went to <laughs> stick it in and he jerked his arm and it bent the needle and they had to do it again. <laughs> oh gosh. And I was oh, like, that's gosh. what you get for moving. <laughs> That's what you get. Oh my gosh, that sounds horrific. Yeah, it was uh it was fun, especially with all the people looking at us at that point in time. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, yeah. So 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 the kids understand. I, I guess my last question is have you had COVID? Have I you have. you have? And what was your yeah. like did you get it early on or was it more recently with the Omicron and uh, it was in between, sort of. Okay. Um, so I'd been vaccinated. I got vaccinated super early because I work in the hospital. I got right. vaccinated December of 2020. Okay. And then, like, the second one was in January. So it had been months. My kids had been, like, my oldest son did kindergarten remotely. So last year, he was at home all year. We were kind of all at home, yeah. you know. And um, then... <laughs> He went to school. So my oldest is Judah. He went to first grade and four days later he got COVID <laughs> because there's no mask mandate. There's no social distancing at the school. Oh man. My anger was like, cause we'd avoided it for so long. And so he got it and his brother got it. And then um, I got it because my vaccine had like, it had at that point been what, eight, nine months. Yeah. And so we all got it. Um, the boys were, just you know like pretty fine like a cold and whatever um i was i lost my sense of taste mm -hmm. and smell for a little while but like i didn't go to the hospital you know like and and i'm one of those people who when i get sick i get sick like everybody else will be like <laughs> and i'm in bed for like two days <laughs> um and like it it knocked me on my butt for a couple days um and I also have asthma. So like when you, when you put a breathing disease on top of a breathing virus, yeah. like a problem. Um, but yeah, like the three of us had it and, um, you know, none of us were real bad, but your husband has avoided it somehow. <laughs> he wasn't home. Okay. He wasn't home when that happened. So He's like he bastard. <laughs> Yeah. So he, yeah, he has avoided it somehow. Um, but he also is one of those people that like, like I said, when I get sick and knocks me on my butt and he's the one that's like, <clears throat> okay, I'm fine. So yeah. like he wasn't home when it happened. Um, and yeah, he somehow managed to avoid it. And even if he's, I mean, it's possible in the last two years he's had it and just kind of yeah. didn't affect him much or he's vaccinated. So it might, you know, yeah. Didn't hit them the way it would have. Right. And, and that's that's really the point. Um, it's not that, like, it, it's just try to do your part. Right. Um, yeah. And and Shannon, uh, you are you are doing more than your part. And I, um, look, I am I am openly not a religious person, but God damn it, pardon the expression, do yeah. I appreciate um, what you are doing? And I thank, thank you, you so because... Um, I know that the amount of comfort and relief um, you can bring to someone just by being in their presence 
and 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 not being not being judgy and i mean like and i mean that because even when you're with your own family and relatives there's elements of judgment going on all around the table but if you're sure. just a neutral third party there who's there to care um it means the world to people so uh shannon at new spangler thank you so much for your time today and uh and talking with me i hope we'll do this again yeah i hope so too thank you so much happy to do it okay let me hit end record all right we're gonna do part two of this interview <laughs> because uh i stopped recording and shannon was like look i want to clarify something um yeah. and uh and i think it's i think it's worth saying so um Earlier in the interview, Shannon, you talked about like, you know, you ba you battle between anger and kind of sadness. Um, mm -hmm. And you wanted to clarify that you're not angry in the room. So let me, have, yeah. let's hear it. Okay. I just wanted to clarify that like, cause as I was talking, I was kind of sharing like my, my honest opinions, which is how I feel. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to share that like that doesn't come into the rooms with me. And even patients, patients who are vaccinated, unvaccinated, families who are vaccinated, unvaccinated, they're the same for me. Like my, my role is to be present for people wherever they are at. And so when I go into those rooms, I'm not bringing that anger with me. I'm bringing the compassion of you are losing a loved one. And um, so like when I'm in there, I'm in there to support them wherever they're at, like where they come down. And families will, you know, like throw themselves on me. And you, you said earlier, like, I don't know if you can touch them, but like they do. And I allow it because people like safe touch and like physical affection when you're going through something is so important to me and just being present for people. So I just want to clarify that piece, like that anger doesn't follow me into the room. And, and, and just, I didn't think um, that it, it, it came across that way. Okay. I, I, and like, you know, I don't think it came across that way, but I, heaven forbid it did um and someone reaches out to you and says well what the hell you can't be a chaplain and be angry at people it's like uh calm calm down calm yeah. down anonymous russian bot uh it's, <laughs> she's doing god's work here god damn it yeah. um and, yeah, and, but... and that's and that's what it is so um i i happy to allow you to kind of clarify that but okay. uh Thanks again so i will i will reiterate you've been a joy thank you thank you thank you that's it. It's the show. For you eagle-eyed viewers and listeners, uh, I have a new pop filter in front of my mic. It's supposed to make the P's and B's not hit so hard. And if you're listening closely, you may have just heard my cell phone go off. Totally unprofessional, but I'm going to leave it on. I don't care. We're at the end here. Barely anyone's listening at this point. I want to thank Shannon Newspangler for um, her honesty and being candid. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Uh, she was a, a really, um, I don't want to say fun guest because we were talking about death for 20 minutes, but uh, she's a very nice person to talk to, and I look forward to talking to her again. want to thank DeanBlundell.com. DeanBlundell.com, home of Canada's number one podcast network. It's also a really good show you should be checking out on YouTube slash DeanTube. Or wherever you get your fine podcasts. And probably where you get your crappy ones too. It's probably available there. And uh, that's it. Be well. Be safe. Hit subscribe. Share. Listen. Tell a friend. Tell an enemy. I don't give a damn. Thanks for listening. Damn.
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance, and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca.